Hello, 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 everybody. Okay, you are back to listening to Conversations with Coco. We are in the building on video and audio, and I have a wonderful guest today. <laughs> Chris and I go back like Cadillac seats. I'm telling you, I've been knowing him. <laughs> I've been knowing him for a while. I've seen his work. I've watched him grow as an artist, and please put your hands together for Mr. Chris Phillips. Thank you for having me here. I, I appreciate got, you. You hear, you hear the claps in the back? Yeah, we got that <laughs> Studio audience. Studio you know? audience. So welcome to my show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm Absolutely. so glad you're doing this. this I told wonderful. you I was going to do it. And glad you're doing it. Chris, you have been so supportive of everything that I've been doing. So I just want to say thank you. Oh, no, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm grateful. I mean, and it's always an honor to be around good people. So, Good. so yeah, I'm, I feel blessed. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a public servant, and uh, I am the CEO and principal of Maverick Media Group LLC, which is a multimedia production company that focuses on creative projects with brands and agencies, and we do everything from feature films to mm-hmm. um, you know all kinds of branding work. So that mm-hmm. may consist of music videos, commercials, promotional items, um, corporate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and uh, that's really what's been just driving me these days. Is, and, yeah. and I mean, it's been good because uh, a lot of it is um, centered around work towards like things that will, I guess, help better the community. Like I mm-hmm. love working on diversity related projects. Um, I love uh, creating awareness through the work that I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. so that's been a blessing. So we met how many years ago? Oh my gosh, I don't then know. Let's talk about let's talk about when we first connected. Probably like I don't know because you know what's funny is I came across a, a piece I did as an intern for STL uh-huh. TV and I caught you. And it was like a like a runway like fashion show, I think at Saks or something. Yeah, it was so crazy. I remember and I did the chandelier oh, shot way we, back. We met way before then. We did right before then, but, but yeah, I, I remember, remember how that. old that was. And yeah, I'm like, geez, has it been almost like 10 years or something yeah. crazy or something like that? Yeah. We got history. Yes, yes, man. <laughs> we history. got history. So you were working at Webster. Yeah, I, so yeah, so I. What's um, university? So, guys, we're in St. Louis, Missouri right now, but you guys know I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, but I'm home right now. So, go ahead. Yeah, so I was at Webster University for a while. I was working at Webster University, I was working at STL TV, and then I was helping um, Maverick grow. And mm-hmm. so, what I did is I had always uh, the ambition to, um, you know, independent mm-hmm. and um you know because the thing is is that you know working a nine to five is cool and i and i don't knock anybody right, for right, doing that right but there you know there are certain constraints with that especially mm-hmm. when it comes to entertainment um i knew even from a financial standpoint that you know the bigger projects that paid more like yeah. i couldn't be locked down nine to five you know yeah. sometimes you have to leave work uh like you have mm-hmm. to be gone from wednesday to sunday and stuff and so what right. i did is it's kind of like when i was finishing up um undergraduate studies and things like that instead of going out and you know getting this 50 60,000 year uh, a job you know mm-hmm. I kind of scaled back and took something that had flexibility so it was a little tough for a while yeah but that same um, sacrifice allowed me to start branching out and then it was like I was able to do projects for like Verizon mm-hmm. different brands and, mm-hmm. you know and so in a, you know eventually I was just blessed enough to just kind of graduate from you know, working multiple jobs and doing that on the side, and then to now I'm just autonomously just running the company. And, 
doing oh that. It's still, it's still a lot of work, but I you know, know it's, I know. There's I pros just, and cons to it, so but you know, I'm to I'm everything. To yep. To everything. Absolutely. So you just have to pick your pick your battles mm-hmm. and pick the, pick the road. You know, Amen. make a choice on the road that you want to take. So yes, ma'am. I love it. So, Nate, talk about maybe one of your projects that you worked on. Um. Yeah. So I mean, um. So I'm, I'm working on a lot of. Uh, diversity initiatives with BJC Children's Hospital. Oh, really? Okay. And um, and so a lot of that is creating cultural sensitivity and awareness to mm-hmm. everything from, um, you know, various religions, customs, cultures, and things like that. So that's something that's big right now. Um, there's a lot of community programs that they have, like Raising St. Louis, which um, helps. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I just finished <laughs> today. That's something. Yours? No, no, no. I mean, you haven't seen it yet, but I just turned in something to them today. Okay. And then, um, and then also um, there's uh, the Heart Center, which is also part of Children's Hospital, where okay. you know they're heart transplant patients, oh. and it's like literally this camp that they send. Um, they get kids from like all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's just to give them this stress-free week of just fun and activities, oh, wow. all paid for. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you know, then there's um, my documentary feature projects. And yes. So, so you know, I that have, I didn't get to go to because <laughs> it was completely. Completely sold out. <laughs> Kevin Johnson and I got turned I away, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm here and I can't get in." That but but funny. that speaks volumes about who you are mm-hmm. and your work and how important because it was mm-hmm. you literally had to turn people away. Yeah, I mean, but well, that was the festival, and I was mad at the festival for that because I told them the heat was coming, <laughs> and they and they thought I was just some I think some cocky young dude talking, and I'm like, "No, like, have you seen the Facebook like that Facebook invite?" I did an invite and I didn't know what I was doing. So I put like <laughs> 200 people on it. Right. And then in 24, 48 hours, it was like 2,900 people. Are you like, kidding me? Yeah. And I told them this and I told them like, yo, give me a bigger venue. Like, um, we were you know, in line. line. There was yes. a line to go see this movie. So but, but I was so happy for you came out. And I was I like, you. hey, I can't get in, but congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad because there was people that came from Columbia, which was like Are two hours away. Yeah, oh. I didn't know all of this until after the fact. And so I really was fuming. We the, the thing is, is you left, but I was actually able to get the overflow room open. But I literally uh, had, I need to be in the room. Yeah, I don't do the overflow. No, but I hear you. I want to be in the sanctuary. But it was like I had to pull a dang yeah, dash absolutely. move. Like I literally Not had to be like, dash. I literally did. I had to take somebody and I was like, yo, you know, these people are coming here to see this. This yeah. could have been prevented, but yeah. it was a blessing. But, you know, I had a, a spot with your name on it yeah. last summer, but oh, you weren't able to make about, that. Let's not talk about that. Yes. I, <laughs> when I and I was not trying to do tip for tat. No, 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 no. It was all good. I mean, but I was like, it, Chris, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. He was like, I had a, your name was like on this chair. I mean, I felt sure. Because like I, I felt so bad about the first yeah. time you came. That's so all I, right. I made That's sure right. I had it. But, um. But yeah, that was that was the short film. The feature is coming, and you know, a lot of people have been waiting on that feature mm-hmm. film. And mm-hmm. the, the tricky part about that is when you're talking about the story of Ferguson mm-hmm. and me having lived there for over ten years before, sure. during, after Mike Brown's death. Sure. It was it's it's something that you know is not meant to be rushed. It's not sure. going to be like a detox Dr. Yeah. Dre situation. But, exactly. right, but right. the thing is, is that, you know, finding the story and then it's a story. That's the reason I called it like 
Ferguson 365 is because it's just like a year-round cycle yeah. and it's always continuously happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we noticed in that first year is like, you know, you had the Eric Garner situation mm-hmm. and Tamir Rice and John Crawford and it just kept going, going, going. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the things that were taking place in Ferguson, it was just always constantly unfolding. And then yeah. the people that were involved that I was choosing to follow and things like that, it was just mm-hmm. like things were just, so, yeah. you know, but it's good, you know, yeah. it's going to drop and I'm, I'm excited for people. I haven't said anything about the date or anything okay. yet, but, okay. but it's, um, but I'm, I'm really happy for it because I really want to take like a clinical mm-hmm. examination of it, not, you know, but have it captivating in the sense that sure. where you feel like you're watching um, like any other feature film, but mm. not like just a straight documentary. I got so. you. So, well, yeah. your work is amazing. So I remember when you went and did an internship at Sony. Oh yeah, yeah. That was I was so happy for you. <laughs> Tell about that experience and what that was like to literally be with a an amazing company. Yeah, it was it was really a blessing, and I'm grateful to God for that because it was something I, I worked at and I mm-hmm. prayed for, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and the thing is, it was it was an extensive process. Sony is like one of the the big five studios with Warner Brothers, Universal. Disney um, and Fox and so you know you're talking about TV you know it's multiple film studios within that Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a huge conglomerate but um, that process was really based on um, me getting shut down by Webster oh get out of here yeah so really that process came about because I, you know, I was already interning at a TV station, right. and then just to propel my own career, I was just like, well, you know, I want to take it up a notch. So I'm sure. like, well, let me, you know, I want to do this like this NBC internship. Of course, but you the did. way, but, <laughs> but the the policies and um, that they had in place where they were like, well, you got to take this class and you got to do this. Are you serious? Yeah, and then I said, well, you know, I have like audio because at the time I was doing mostly audio production work. Right. I remember. So so then I was like, well, you know, she was like, well, do you have a resume? And I was like. Damn, I was like, I'm ready for you. Did you see the neck? Yeah, she was, I was like, man, you know, she she, she had that attitude yeah, in her voice, yeah. the internship advisor. Yeah. And so then um, she was like, well, we're not going to prove this and we're not going to do that. And I was like, man, that's some really, like, that's some low down stuff. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. they totally did not want to help facilitate that. And what I found out is, is that there were other people that were, you know, I, I learned that in Webster, they were making a lot of exceptions for white students mm. that they weren't. Like, for example, you know, even in undergrad, it was like, you know, there were classes that I already took at another university sure. and I transferred in. Sure. And they wouldn't give me the waiver, so they made me take it again. But then there were white students where they'd be like, oh, yeah, you can just skip that. Oh, wow. Next. So, wow. yeah, so it was a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, but then I thought about it. I didn't let that slow me down. And literally, mm-hmm. I walked out that office and went up to the computer lab and I looked for internships that I could do where I didn't have to receive college credit. So I Mm. came across Sony Pictures Entertainment and they had internships for credit and then they just had paid internships. Wow. So I literally put in for that and I had like literally a phone interview, several Skype interviews, which sure. I'm grateful for Skype because, <laughs> okay, right. yo, going back to LA exactly. back okay. before, that would have been a mess. And um, I literally had this process because I, um, I didn't have like a computer. I didn't even have a webcam. Just so I went to, I, my grandmother had one. So I literally <laughs> went in to Best Buy, bought like a $50 webcam, hooked it Are up to you? a computer, got in a suit, 
and just kind of like this how we're doing now did my interview on skype and things like that and then i had the same process where i would pray on it yeah. do the interview say another prayer yes take the webcam back, back to that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would give me this phone call and they were like oh you you advanced to the next level and you're going to speak to this senior vice president president yes i was like oh shoot so i went to best buy oh, bought my. the webcam back. thanks best buy uh, yeah <laughs> You helped propel this best Yeah, career. and back then they had a 30-day return policy. Now it's like 14, so I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> now they changed the whole return policy. So. They were like, do you see this man? Yes. <laughs> he ruined so, it for everybody. <laughs> yes. So I went and did that whole wow. process, and um, it was literally, I think I put that in in January. I got the uh, approval. I got accepted contingent upon my background check, which took like two, two and a half weeks around wow. like March or April. So in okay. April, I was official, like a wow. ref with a whistle. And I was just like, I remember I was in a class and I went out that mug just like, I won the lottery. I was yes. like, ah! no. That so <laughs> they were like, what's going on with him? That's, that was freaking exciting. I yeah. was so happy to see that. Yeah, and I literally went out there. I accepted it. I didn't know where I was going to stay. Luckily, I worked that out. Um, and I just caught the bus every day to the studios, which is wow. about 15 minutes. And it wow. was beautiful being in there. I was doing post-sound work. So I was um, assisting on like, TV films. Yep. Um, the best thing was like the scoring sessions, you know, that you hear like as a backdrop of a lot of films. I mean, it was pretty dope because, you know, I met like Tobey Maguire and then, wow. you know, Will Smith, his Overbrook company oh, get out is here. on the Sony oh, lot. Yeah, so I, that's uh, how I ran into him and Jada. Like, he was leaving work, I was leaving work, and Adam Sandler, his uh, Happy Madison, you know, he was walking around in basketball wow. shorts and flip flops all the time. And so it was great beautiful. experience. Yeah, and I took advantage of it. And um, I, you know, I know it was crazy because there were over 3,000 applicants and they only accepted 27. You know, oh, wow. 27 departments took an intern. So, yeah, so that was a huge blessing from God. Like, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, mean, you got, you, I got to give glory. Well, absolutely. And because you are a man of faith, what. What motivates you um, when you have those moments where you told them? Because even listening to that story, I hear how the doors were shut mm -hmm. and Absolutely. you were just unctioned to find a way, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and pray through it. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your level of yeah. faith. I mean, I, I think there's not a single thing positive that has happened in my life or that I've done that I can't attribute to. God and that mm -hmm. blessing in Jesus Christ because the fact is is that what people don't understand is is that you know in life a lot of times we do look at the like like God is never going to betray you like that that's mm -hmm. not going to happen so I think what we look at is immediately in front of a face like a door closing and what it what we don't understand is, is if we we really give faith and, and we really mm -hmm. invest in that wholeheartedly across mm -hmm. the board like he sure. got you so in that case it's like you know, I know, like, Lord knows what he's doing. Sure. I was ticked at that lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hot about that. But at the same time... It had to happen, though. Yeah, it happened. Because I happen. might not have had the same experience if she said, yeah, approved where I was trying to go. Exactly. But she knew this was great for me. I built, like, relationships at this studio. Sure. Some of those people became my clients. Yeah. You know, yeah. I go up in there to this day, and um, it's it's been a blessing. So, I, you know, so I think that's the one thing is, is that, you know, you, you don't want to go really halfway with faith. And, and sure. You really just want to, like, just 
humble yourself and just pray about it, pray mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, is that you got to really be careful of your circle too. And, and you, yes. you know, there's the saying, actually one of Sony's films, uh, which is Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith talks about like, when you have a dream, you have to protect it. Yeah. So, you know, not everybody in your circle and in your life is really going to have your best interests at heart. They absolutely. may want to, they may inquire of like, oh, they're yeah, interested, absolutely. but that's just them being nosy. That's, so you really right. have to, you know, keep a really sharp, um, circle of people that you can trust. Exactly. You know? So well, you're in my circle. Ah, I'm, I'm That's, grateful to be here. Yeah. Shit. I mean, I'm really <laughs> grateful to be here. Man, so. Chris and I are, we just, you know, Chris and I think we just have that relationship where we are just, we cool, we can get together, we can talk about anything. Amen. And when I call him and I come in town, he gets upset because I caught the last minute. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And the last time you went off on me. Oh, that, that the insomnia run. We're he, supposed to be doing these insomnia cookie runs. I love insomnia cookies. I don't know if they're in your city, but they're in St. Louis. I think, are they in Atlanta? I don't know. I haven't from. They are? They should get They're it. in Atlanta. And oh, I love really? it. So That's I will call time. Chris on 10 o'clock. Like, what are you doing? Because Chris doesn't sleep. Nah. Chris doesn't sleep. Nah. So he's the guy that I can call and say, meet me in insomnia. I need some cookies. I need to talk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and she's a great person to talk to. Right. We so, talk yeah. about everything. Yeah, everything. But you got it. That's the thing. Is it's like when you build in like I've met people even this year, um, where it's like people don't understand really what authentic relationships mm. are. I mean, and part mm-hmm. of my work is is like I've been involved like in, in activist circles yeah. and political yeah. circles yeah. and things like that. Absolutely. And what really breaks my heart is is that there's some good people out there trying to accomplish good things. True. And what I've seen in every step of every scenario is, is that you have people around you that you think you can trust and that you want to trust, but they're not the ones that are coming that you can really unfold to and and really just, you know, like people aren't really taking the time to say, Hey, you know, I think you should do this and like look out and, and, you know, it's just, I think by having that kind of like, like relationship that Mm -hmm. we have where it's like honesty and transparency Mm -hmm. and there's a Mm -hmm. level of trust where you can say like really what's on your mind and how you're feeling. I mean, that allows us to grow as people. Yeah. Um, that also keeps us on the train tracks because it's easy for us to get off and you have to really trust your friends too. Like, you know, you have to trust like what they're going to say is not to necessarily assassinate you or your character, but that when they're telling you something, it's in your best interest. And there's a lot of people out there that they be like, I ain't trying to get in it. I do not like that. Like, yeah, yo, yeah, tell yeah, me, yeah. save me. Like, Absolutely. if somebody <laughs> being crooked, let, let me, me know. know. Like, that, I, me don't, I, don't let me walk out here and, like, be looking crazy. Like, do that. Like, mm. So why do you think that we don't connect? Which was kind of one of the reasons why I did the podcast. Because mm-hmm. I think that conversations are good. Yeah. I think we don't communicate as a people, as a whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have these sit down, let's talk, let's chat. Everything is by text or through social media. And I wanted to kind of grasp this authentic, you know, organic conversations with people. Why do you think that we don't have that? I mean, well, in, in the United States, I think that it's inherent like that, you know, we were conditioned to Hmm. be divisive okay and that dates back to slavery you know that's really what willie lynch's one of his principles was is is really to prevent us from coming together and rising up against slave masters for Mm -hmm. us to be this way you know Mm -hmm. it was in his blueprint that light-skinned black people hate dark-skinned black people Mm -hmm. like so so it's some of it's inherent and intergenerational 
And I think that when we're, think, when we're dealing with all of these systemic issues and we're dealing with all of these cultural stigmas that we're trying to get over and things sure. like that, I think it prohibits us in certain capacities to really like kind of focus on like, yo, we all can't, like what I like to say, man, we all can't over on the slave ship. So there's no reason for one of us to be like in this kind of space, like we should all have that kind of that commonality amongst us and be mm-hmm. able to really support each other in the way that we do. But True. but I think that, you know, in society's totem pole, I feel like the black woman is at the bottom of society's totem pole because not only do they deal with race, they deal with, you know, sexism issues. Sure. Stuff. But I think that, yeah, I think it's just conditioned amongst us. And I think people don't realize that you know, what you see nowadays is you got black Republicans out there following Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And what they don't realize, like a lot of white people like today are starting to realize is like when you don't understand, like these things are going to intersect at one point in time. So, mm-hmm. so like, so if you, you can distance yourself and, mm-hmm. and you can kind of like be snooty and bougie and all this, that, and the third, but at one point or another, like, you know, you're going to realize like we need each other. And, and I think people don't really understand the gravity of that. You know, we need each other more than ever. So, um, you know, and then I think it's just, you know, it's just a lot of stuff going on. You know, people have their own struggles mm-hmm. and mental health is one of those things that gets looked over a lot. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are struggling and battling over things and hundreds of years of oppression does not help. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. it makes people hard. You know, it, it, it's really the responsibility for us that are in a good space to kind of help each other, pull each other out of that. Sure, that sure. Mess, you know, well, so. well, one of the great things I think I've noticed, even with the whole Ferguson thing, is that how many people of different cultures did come mm-hmm. together Amen. and did support. Amen. And um, that's definitely one of the things that I want to do is that um, I want us to talk. I want mm-hmm. us to find, that's the only way. Communication is so important. Because it can answer any questions, it can um, squash any um, disagreements, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, talking and finding out from the other person how they feel what's going on with them will give perspective to the listener and vice versa. And I think we need that across the board. Yeah. And, and you know, listening requires a certain level of humility as well. Yeah. Because you have to, you know, to listen. You can't listen with, with, uh, mm-hmm. with, with the defense of... Say something so I can say something back. You can't, you have to really understand. And one thing that, like, even I get told and stuff, because there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, why is such and such doing this? And, you know, I have people around me that remind me, and they'll be like, man, you know, hey, everybody ain't like you, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and I realize I'm not like everybody else. And mm-hmm. so what I have mm-hmm. to do is, um, I think part of what listening and getting better communication is taking the time to find out the context behind a lot of things. Absolutely. Context is a word that I use a lot because yes. everything has context. Yeah. And sometimes um, communication is dangerous without it. So, yeah, you absolutely. know, it can have a different like tone and, and understanding. So just by having good, you know, under, you, yeah, it just takes a lot of like listening with humility and yeah. just recognizing that everybody's struggle is different. Sure, sure. You know? So with your video, do you do any um, mentoring of kids in the St. Louis yeah. area or outside of the St. Louis area? You know, the thing that I, I did um, when I was at Webster that I liked doing was um, I worked hand in hand with uh, the students in the electronic and photographic media departments. Okay. So um, I love that, but 
one thing that I do do is like I have a relationship still with some of those students. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. I go back up there every so often and I check up on like the students that I work with. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I do is when you know there's there's a couple of local organizations that have um, video production programs that okay. I go in there and I just. You know, I get brought in to do guest lectures. Mm-hmm. I've done that at Webster. Um, I did that with Continuity STL. Um, and there's different circles where I do that. I'm actually working on a free workshop. It's just about the experience I want people to have. It's going to require okay, gotcha. a lot. So gotcha, I don't want gotcha. people to walk in and just be sitting and listening to me. Like, I'm trying to allocate some resources so that they can be hands-on. So that's something that's really um, a focal point of mine. And one thing that I want to do with growing my company is make it feasible so that I can have a intern like year round so, mm-hmm. and switch them out at least one. So well, I know one intern. Her name is Ariana, and, and she will be working. <laughs> yes, we yes. working with you. Yeah, it's well, a hard thing to have like an intern too because it's like you know you want to make sure like that they get an experience, experience that they can, yes. can grow from. And yes. I think there's ways to do that, but it's really important even for people of color because the industry like film and. Um, entertainment sure. as a whole we are just a small small, small yeah. fraction especially on the production side oh of i can it. imagine um it's just you know there's very few female black directors mm-hmm. um and producers and things like that so i really want to open up those channels in those to so get them to thinking about mm-hmm. you know tapping into that yeah and right. i think that's what's wrong with tyler perry films right now is because He's no, right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a Tyler Perry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think, I think he's. I talk think, about Tyler. I think that if there was some. Black and I'm in Atlanta too. Now I'm not saying this, but I think Tyler, what he's doing is amazing. I think that also too, I can tell that some of the films are skewed a little bit because you need a black woman writing and directing those pieces. Some you think his, so? I think on some of those it would be important. I'm not saying that because I'm not saying that in every scenario that sure. you need to have the sure. gender appropriate person. Sure. But I can tell like some of the flaws that I'm seeing is because it's not you know it's not a woman's perspective that's being put into the. You writing. mean flawed in the writing? Yeah, overall everything, story, story arc, character. I love you, Tyler. I I got love for Tyler too, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can tell. Like, even the acrimony piece, I didn't feel that. But then I wrote, found out he, like, wrote, directed, produced it. I was like, well, that explains a lot. Well, what do you expect? I mean, because... So, if you're a writer and director, do you go get another writer and director to do your movie? Uh, I think that... It's like, could you go get someone else to do Ferguson 365? I think I could if... Um, so, there's ways you can work in various capacities where you don't necessarily have to take the lead, but I think I that you. being respectful of the content and saying, okay, where is the perspective coming from? Sure. So I could get another writer or producer, somebody sure. that I got, they got, I got to see within their work, their understanding of the subject and mm-hmm. their connection to the subject, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and Chris would be like, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I, sometimes you got to out of default. Filmmaking is hard. I'm sure that's like giving up a part of you, giving up your baby, putting it in the hands of somebody else. And I so mean, I did a portion of that, and then I had to take it back. So, you so know, that's what I'm saying. That's but I tried. Saying. I tried. But I could tell, like, gosh, <laughs> I had to take it back. 
<laughs> well, Chris, I totally have enjoyed this. Thank it's you been so a blessing. much. Thank you. So Thank you, let JP. people know how they can find you. Oh, yeah. So um, the film, the feature film, the short film, anything about the, the Ferguson project that I'm working on, ferguson365film.com. Um, my company website is Maverick Media group.net so that's m-a-v-e-r-i-c-k uh, maverickmediagroup.net and then i'm on um instagram as maverick media group all lowercase um i got a funky looking profile picture and then um i'm just <laughs> yes. on um uh, facebook as uh chris phillips and then i'm on twitter as maverick media one so awesome well thank you i don't you. have snapchat i can't do all everybody's this. like that's what kevin's like i can't like, keep I up snapchat. it's too much it's that's for the young people I mean, you're not old, but you know. <laughs> no, I you're not saying. I ain't got that much time on my hands. I feel like I went like eight months without an Instagram post, so I'm, I'm trying to get better about it now. Okay, well, good. Well, thank you so mm. much. This is my friend. Shout out, y'all. So thank you guys for another episode of Conversations with Coco with Mr. Chris Phillips. And I will see you guys soon. Bye.